people of Earth. We have come to upgrade your cosmic consciousness. DNA activation ready. In three, two, one. Hi, welcome to Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. I'm Lou Quinto. And I'm Craig Anderson. Craig, today we're, we're going to spend some time uh, looking at how companies can become the workplace that employees want to work in. And uh, with COVID and everything, lots of, we, we've discussed this hundreds of times, but companies have undergone a lot of transition, a lot of change. And one of the things that uh, may companies need to watch out for, and we talked about this in a previous episode, is that with the remote work now becoming a staple uh, in the way that companies are doing businesses and that their workplaces are, uh, there is an opportunity for some employees to start looking elsewhere. And so as every good employer uh, wants to keep their top employees, it's important that they know exactly how to keep them. In fact, 60% uh, of employees, uh, and this was a study done last year, 60% of employees said that those companies that prioritize their growth uh, and learning opportunities uh, are more apt to stay at a company. They also said 46% of employees uh, were looking for those companies that had a very good learning and development program. Uh, meanwhile, 31% actually said employee engagement within a company uh, would help them to stay at that company longer. So what we'd like to do today, folks, is just give you some tips on how you can go ahead and create a culture within your company that your employees want to stay with. And what we'll do is we'll talk about three specific areas. The first one is re-examining the workplace culture and seeing exactly what you're doing now in post-COVID to keep that culture as strong as it can be. And one of those areas, Craig, obviously is going to be highlighting any security and safety challenges changes that companies mm -hmm. will have made so that when when people do uh, start to go back to work, they know that it's safe to go there. Uh, the second thing is what companies are doing to invest in the well-being and the development of their employees. And then the last area we're going to talk about is how to companies can prioritize uh, their diversity and inclusion programs. And Craig, as we know, this last year has been a tough situation when it comes to diversity and inclusion with all of the issues that we're facing uh, in our country. And uh, companies are having to address diversity and inclusion probably more than ever before. So why don't we go ahead and we'll kick off the first area and talk to me about re-examining the workplace for culture. We've, we've talked about culture before, but how do you get culture in the forefront so that employees say, this is the place I want to stay? Yeah. So culture is something I've always been very focused on, especially the last few years of running my business. And culture is to understand both the company you want it to be as the leader and as the leadership team and the kind of experience you want it to be for your employees. And what's it going to be like to work there? What's the shorthand version of somebody said, what's it like to work at Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership? And aside from just the general abusiveness we have to each other, it's a lovely place to work. Uh, but it's, it's very stable. <laughs> it's very stable and consistent. Uh, so it's consistency, my word of the year, stable, lose word of the year in case you missed our great live episode last month. But uh, culture is a really important thing because it's how, what it's like to work for that company. And there's companies you do want to work for and don't want to work for based on that culture. But now that we may have some kind of 
reintegrating where is our culture shifted from where it was before COVID to where it is during COVID and then whatever kind of version we're going to have coming back. What are the pieces and values? I think, you know, we've talked to people that, you know, people have started to understand as part of the company culture, the person's home life to an extent, not every nitty gritty detail, right? But they may know their dog's names. <laughs> and I was going to say pretty damn near. Yeah. I mean, and so we're, we're into everybody's house every day. Right. And so where does that pull into kind of our new cultural mix? Is that something that's going to just become an artifact of it? Or is it something that's going to be embraced as that kind of closeness as we come back? So I think refining and addressing what your culture is going to look like going forward and being very thoughtful about it is going to be really important to companies going well, forward this year. Yeah, unpack that a little bit, because we, we, we all use culture and we, we act as if everyone knows what we're talking about when we say a company's culture. And for many people, it's still one of those areas that is, you know, it's like nirvana. Am I ever going to get there? Don't know what it is. Uh, I've never experienced it. But I, I think we need to further define what we mean by culture. And, and I'm going to take a first stab at it. And it one, it's how you treat your people. I think that has a lot to do with culture within an organization is how people, not just how managers or, or CEOs treat their people, but how people treat their peers. Uh, is it one of those things where there's a lot of backstabbing and, you know, everybody is trying to, you know, get one leg up on top of another person in order to get in front for that promotion that's going to be coming up within the organization. And, you know, when it, when it comes to culture, I, I always like to, to go back to that reference point of people don't leave a job. They leave a manager or they leave an environment where they weren't treated well. And so as far as culture goes, I really truly believe that it's people treating people the way they want to be treated. That if someone were came up to me, you know, on the street and said, "Tell me what company culture is." That would be a definition I would provide. Well, what do you I mean, it's a certain, I think that maybe even if I go back to last year, I think that's what, this is what Darren said is every company has a culture, right? <laughs> whether, whether it created that culture intentionally or not, maybe a different conversation, right. but I think you're, you're close to the heart of how I look at it. It's, it's how, how we act, right? It's how we treat each other within the organization. It's mm -hmm. how we hire. It's how we develop. It's how we fire, how we treat our clients, how we treat our customers, right? It's across the board, it's kind of the way we act. And it's, you know, I talk a lot about when I work on like mission and vision with my clients is it's getting it out of the leader's head to say, this is the kind of company I want it to be. This is how I want us to make decisions. And this is how I want us to interact. Right. And it's that act of saying, this is how we want to do it. And I believe leaders will either create that culture through work and, and showing it themselves, mm -hmm. or it's going to happen. And right. the one that's just going to happen is probably going to be a rough culture for everybody where you're going to have all the turnover and all the expense tied into it. Sure. Because many times the culture will just take on the, the personality of the person in front of you. And yeah. if that's your manager and they're a dictatorial manager and they, you know, do this, do that, don't care about you. It, that's going to be the, the, the piece of the culture you're going to get. But I think going forward, one of the things that every company needs to be very uh, cautious of and they need to be able to highlight is part of that culture is going to be what are companies doing when it comes to their safety 
and their security after this COVID era. So that to know that the workplace has changed so that when people do start going back to the workplace, it's not going to be the same. It's not like just, you know, we took the sheets off the desks and everything, like going back to a summer home that you haven't been there all winter and okay, just clear the dust and you're there. I think that companies are really going to have to adjust the insides of their footprint to show employees that we care about you. And here's some things we've done for your safety and security. So it's, it's my two cents. It's going to be a really interesting transition back because so many companies had moved into kind of that more open office space idea, right? which is just the worst, right? I mean, and I had it in my last business, right? It was a call center and then we had the product team and we had the, the marketing guys and the sales. And, you know, you could hear the colds over the winter sweep through the office, <laughs> right? But then it was like, well, it's a cold. Just imagine now, right? Yeah. All that, all that kind of office space we created, we have to completely rethink of that. And people are going to want to know that before they feel like they can come back to the office safely, or yeah. they don't want to, or if they're forced to come back sooner and they see that it's not safe, they're going to go flee to safety. Yep, yep. Which brings us into the next point, and that is uh, learning and development. Uh, what are companies doing to make sure that they're developing their people? Uh, as you and I have joked, and uh, because it's been my livelihood for 35 years, you know, training has been for so many years, one of those check boxes. Okay, did you go through this training? We, we paid for this training to come in and, okay, did you go through this? You went through that, great, great, great. But there, in many instances, uh, the training has been brought in almost as band-aids to mm -hmm. fix a problem that has just come up. And if we bring training in, boom, slap that Band-Aid on and it, it'll be fine from there. But I think what, what employees are looking for, and particularly if you want a top performer to stay around, it's that you're investing in my overall development. So it's not just a training in conflict management or communication skills, but there's a curriculum that I can take part in that is going to help me develop myself, not only as an individual, but professionally as well to help me within the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's some of that too, is the opportunities you present to people of growth opportunities, putting them in charge of some leadership activities, if that's an opportunity or even, sure. you know, I recall even with my business, with the, the call center is just encouraging people to think about a career path. You yeah. know, I had folks in there who just thought, well, I'm sitting here in the call center and that's what I'm always going to do. And think about and and that's fine if that's what they want to do. But I also wanted to encourage them to think: here's some opportunities for you to think about what else you could do with the organization, given your skill set, given what I've seen you do, and doing that and giving them those opportunities to grow. But I think we have to be careful we don't give them so many opportunities to grow and so much new responsibility. They're like, hey, I think my job changed. Right. <laughs> right. So you know, there's, there's a balance to think about there. Yeah. And the other thing too, is you don't want to pile on someone and saying, Hey, I'm giving you a growth opportunity here. And all you're doing is getting them to do work that someone needs to do, but you can't find anyone that's going to do it. And you say, Hey, I've got a bunch of growth opportunities here. So yeah, uh, here's this lousy training. job. I don't want to do. Why don't you go do that for me? Like they're a pledge. Yeah. yeah. Think about the on the job training you'll be getting when you're doing that. So those garbage pails don't empty themselves. That's right. <laughs> so, but, uh, but, but truly, I, I, I think we've gone through a period where some companies used to have very big learning and development organizations where they would have six, seven people that would be learning and development. And that's what they did through an organization. And then after our financial crisis in 2008, 
uh, it's been shifted to one person, the HR person. And so now in addition to everything else you need to do, hiring, firing, benefits, all that, take care of training too. And so I felt in my, you know, I've experienced in my position, uh, a lot of times the HR person is a person that I first call on when Mm -hmm. I introduce myself to a new company. So I think companies, if you want people to stay around, personal development, which leads us into the last area. And the last area, it it can be a little touchy, be a little political, but I think with all the upheaval that we're experiencing in our society today, particularly here in the US, uh, it's a greater emphasis on diversity and inclusion. And I think we're, I, I don't think, I believe that we've got a generation of workers who are entering the workforce or are moving up the ranks within the workforce where diversity and inclusion is a very important part of their basic being. And companies truly need to respect that moving forward. Yeah, I think positioning your employees to have a good understanding of what those words mean in your organization and how you're trying to implement that as part of your overall organizational climate and culture are really important. It's, I think leaders need to go out of their way to be clear about what they're talking about here and make sure they understand why this is good for the organization and why we're building it in. And it's not just some checkbox that we're doing because it's kind of the thing that we think we should do right now. So I always with leaders, the more openness and transparency you can bring to it, the better served all your employees will be. And the the one thing I'll point out here is that since many workforces have been 100%, if not 80% remote, uh, we maybe companies have been spared of having to deal internally for eight hours a day with a lot of the things that are going on within our society right now, where they're not really seeing the need right now for that diversity and that inclusion being truly emphasized because everybody isn't all together. We're all in different areas. I can talk to you about my concerns. You can talk to me individually about my cons- or your concerns, but it's when you get people together that that diversity and inclusion, if you are not doing a good job as a company to address that situation, then when we do all get back together, it may be like sitting on a time bomb that's just waiting to explode. And so, you know, again, we're going back to the topic here is how to keep employees you know, want to work for your company. In diversity and inclusion, it's gotta be highlighted. Yes, absolutely. So, Craig, give me your key takeaways. Uh, My key takeaways are, you know, and I learned this with my company too, is keeping employees retained is cheaper for you in the long run. It saves you on training. It saves you on search costs. It is so worth the investment to develop your people and to bring these things we've talked about today to the forefront. When you have good people, you want to keep good people. Don't Mm -hmm. put them in a position to cycle out. So I think that's my key takeaway today. Yeah, not my key takeaway when it comes to being a company that employees want to work for. Uh, it's going to go back, and I hate to dig up this word from last year, but empathy. Yeah. need to be empathetic. And when we can be more empathetic within an organization, and it starts from the top down, it goes from the bottom up, I think you're going to find that that culture is going to be a place where people truly want to stay because it's a care people care about me. And so with everything that we've talked about in today's episode, I'm going to go back to basis is empathy and more empathy will create a stabilized situation 
for your company moving forward. Absolutely. Well, very good. Well, hey, that's it for this episode of Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. If you enjoyed this episode, like, share it with a friend, subscribe so you know what's coming up on our next episode, which our next episode, we'll be talking to Donna Marcus, a chief operating officer of Copca Creek and Stolen, on a lot of the things we just talked about today on the value of retention of employees that it was for them, as well as some really other interesting things about culture in their organization. Also, we're available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so you can find us there. So until next week, I'm Craig Anderson. And keep those hands washed. Keep your distance. I'm Lou Quinto.